The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Uh, Shady Rays is also doing Shady May uh, for May 2023. SGPN have teamed up with Shady Rays uh, so you can get 50% off your Shady Rays using the promo code SGPN. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, Shady, for your chance to win $500. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Monday, the 1st of May. And we're here to have a look at a full slate of games for Tuesday, the 2nd of May, across MLB. Joining me uh, from the US is Mr. Noah Benick. Noah, what's happening, man? How's it going, Malcolm? Um, I feel like shit. Uh, oh, dear. Just allergies and I think maybe even a cold. It's pretty bad. Um, my Wi-Fi has been shit today. But what hasn't been shit lately is my picks. I've been going all right, both MLB and college baseball. Got off on the right foot earlier today with a win. And uh, looking to talk about all these games coming up, just you and me now. Uh, my first uh, two-man pod of the year. <laughs> so I'm ready to get after it. Yeah, it has been a minor shambles with the organization today. You've had issues. Um, I did the Premier League show about an hour ago. I was half an hour early for that one. Um, but mainly because I've been hung over today. Um, well, I still am hung over. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm not as uh, I'm not my usual sparkling effervescent self. I was out on a 13-hour session yesterday for various reasons. So yeah, I've been I've, I've been tired and emotional today. Uh, so yeah, half an hour early for the Premier League show, um, and then half an hour late for the MLB show. So we've kind of we've evened it out, mate. Is what's happened. Um, oh, yeah, I mean both of both of our voices are not usual. I've got. Oh, nose as a red as uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. I don't know if they have that over there. Mel, you familiar? Oh with yeah, we have. Mel? We have. Of course, we have Rudolph. What's wrong okay. with you? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's how it's going for the MLB Gambling Podcast today. But you know, um, the YouTube chat is live and well as always. Benny's turned up. Benny Furman, uh, seeing it's his first time watching. Usually catches us on Spotify and has paid me a little compliment for my. Uh, Premier League picks last week. Uh, appreciate that, Benny. Thank you very much. Just Watch let you know, though, Benny. And some of the listeners that didn't pay attention to your week in soccer or football, uh, walk us through how you did, because I think it was pretty stellar, right? It was, uh, yeah, there was 10 games, you know, and I gave out nine correct picks from the 10 games. Um, at big prices. There was a five-to-one winner in there. There was some other stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty stellar show, really. But, um there is, Benny, a $1 fine if you mention soccer in the baseball chat, just as there's always a $1 fine if you mention baseball in the soccer chat. So um, if you could send your dollar bill to the head offices of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, we put that in the jar. That goes to the end of season party. Um, yeah, how's the baseball been over the weekend then, Noah? What, what are we looking like? I am. Um, I do feel obliged to tell the listeners I need to get this off my chest. Bit of a, uh, if you follow the, there's a, Twitter page called Fess Hole, where people confess stuff. I confess that I completely fucked up the um, over-under in the Padres-Giants game the other night. I came in 
I'd been working and I came in about eight minutes before first pitch. So I thought, oh, just in time for a bet. It was perfect timing. I looked at the over-unders for all the games that were going off. It was a usual eight, eight and a half, seven, seven and a half. I saw a 15. <laughs> Why is that 15? I thought, that can't be right. So I checked and it, yeah, it was definitely 15. And I thought, is that hits they're giving me if they priced it up wrong? So I didn't have loads of money in my account. But I had some money in my account. I also had a load of free bets in there as well. So I just emptied the lot on the total under. Um, completely en- emptied the clip on it. Then I messaged you and Moonaf and Dylan. I said, have a look at this total. And you just replied, <laughs> Mexico City with a big... I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, Mexico City, the, the field was about the size of my back garden. Um, and the game finished 16-11. But then what made it even worse was... The following night finished six four, didn't it? Yep. Fucking hell! I couldn't catch a break. So yeah, I woke up skint on um, Sunday morning, which was mildly disappointing because that could have paid for my thirteen-hour session. But you know, you live and learn. So yeah, I, I, I made a little boo boo there. That was a, a, a fun couple of games, though. It was, and uh, I really enjoyed it because you know the crowd's always uh, you know way above average for the one or two games that they get a year. And you guys in London is going to be the exact same way. It's going to just yeah. be uh, just totally more like more intriguing to the average fan to watch those games. And a lot of people just saying like juice ball and whatnot, but this field was 40 feet smaller left, right and center field compared to Coors field. However, the elevation was 1500 feet higher <laughs> so they were just hitting balls at 92 miles an hour, 390 feet, where I heard that uh, on up to, I think it was Mitch Hanniger's home run. It was hit 390 feet, but in Coors Field, I think it would have been only 360. And the reason for that was they weren't even, so in Coors Field, they do special regulations with uh, the humidor and there's humidors in all 30 mlb parks but coors has a very special one and i i, I don't know all the uh the facts about it but it it's made the dummy down the balls but they didn't use any humidor at all in mexico city so that's why your totals were so high that's when the first game there was like 10 home runs hit it was a 26 run game um, but yeah, sucks for you, Mal, because you couldn't <laughs> luck out in the first game and then the second game just be 26 rounds. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Benny got the right day. Benny took the under 20 and a half uh, on Sunday night, which if I had come in as drunk as I wasn't seeing that, then I would have got involved again. But um, I didn't. Uh, right, so we've got... Oh, actually, my uh, start of the day. I'm going to go early with my start of the day, Noah. Okay. Coming out of Mexico City, um, Xander Bogarts, first player to hit four a home run in four different countries. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, Very that's cool. good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Canada, Mexico, USA, and in England, he hit uh, for when Boston played New York in London a couple of years ago. Everyone hit a home run that weekend as well. So, yeah, four different countries. That's pretty cool achievement from Xander. It is. Um, I think I've got... I don't know. I, I handicapped all the games. I got a stat or two that might blow your skirt up, but I can't find them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look forward to it. Um, yeah, we've got a full, a full state of games we can get into. We've already got one or two 
games that are off the board so we can give you opinion on most of the stuff that's going down tomorrow. I'll tell you first about Shady Rays and Shady May. Um, Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you'll have a chance to win $500 too. Shady Ray got you covered from the sun to the slopes with their premium polarised shades, uh, customised snow goggles, etc. Uh, if you lose or break them, even on day one, Shady Rays will replace them uh, so you can wear them with confidence out and about. If you go to shadyrays.com, use the code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarised sunglasses, then take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Sounds good. Um, okay, tomorrow... I don't have to worry about the Mets because they're first up. I won't lose them at the top left. We've got a 640 Eastern first pitch between the New York Mets and the Detroit Tigers. We have left-handed pitcher Joey Lucchese going to the mound for the Mets and Michael Lorenzen will go for Detroit. Um, no lines on this um, because the Mets were, well, a couple of reasons. The Mets are currently embroiled in a double header with the Braves. Um, they lost the first one. Nine to eight. Second one should be starting anytime now. Um, and there was talk about Max Scherzer possibly going after his suspension, but it looks like it's going to be Joey Lucchese. So I've got no lines on this one. So we'll keep it relatively brief. Uh, Lucchese's been all right. Um, we faded him first time out and he was absolutely great. I think he went seven scorers. Uh, that was on the road as well. So we've got no real problem with him being able to hold Detroit here. Uh, Michael Lorenzen has been struggling. He's had one good start out of three. There is so, some hope. I maintain some hope that Lorenzen can put it together. This is, would be difficult to handicap anyway if we kind of knew the odds because the Mets had a fragmented weekend with the weather. Then you've got a double at the day um, and a travel spot. The Mets' offence is struggling a bit. Peter Alonso has hit 10 of their 27 home runs, uh, which is quite a large percentage, a big chunk he's taken out of the team. So we could do with a few of those uh, chipping in for the Mets. So, yeah, as it stands with no lines, I've got no bet, but um, they're the numbers. No, have you any, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I think Joey Lucchese is going to be pitching for his job here um, with JV and Scherzer yeah. coming off of suspension and IL. So he's going to be trying to stay up. And the Mets, they're above league average against right-handed pitching. Detroit, they're 22nd in the league with a 692 against lefties in the MLB. Uh, the Mets bullpen is a full run better than the Tigers. This is a tough game to handicap, like you said. The doubleheader that the Mets are playing today, also traveling and playing a 640 game, um, seems a little bit far-fetched that the Mets are going to be fully energized for this one. If there was one game in the series that the Tigers could take, I think it's this one because the Mets are going to double barrel us with former Tigers pitchers in game two and game three of the series with Scherzer and Verlander, like we previously mentioned. Um, uh, good look here in this game. If the line opens low, I think Lucchese could strike out a few Tigers because the Tigers have the second highest K rate against left-handed pitching. Uh, but Detroit on the money line would be the pick here for me if I had to take one. Yeah, that makes sense. Like You're absolutely right. Uh, the Mets are throwing the kitchen sink for the next few days after that. Uh, the next game is the, the only other game that we don't have lines for, actually, so we'll get these two out of the way early. 
This is also 6.40 Eastern. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates at the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Pittsburgh is TBD, but we think it's Ruanzi Contreras. Um, I had handicapped Josh Fleming for the Tampa Bay Rays, um, but that has changed in the last hour to Javi Guerra. Um, so not an awful lot um, to add into this. Contreras has been going well. Um, he's had one bad start, which you can kind of forgive. He's still walking a few too many batters. His two road starts have been good, though. Um, but other than that, not much to add to that one, do I? Yeah, Ronzi Contreras has been pitching pretty well this year, but his command has been subpar, and he hasn't been missing very many bats. Now he's going up against the Rays, who are the best hitting team against right-handed pitching so far. Um, and I think they will see success against Contreras and take his line more to where his expected stats have him for the year. Um, they have his ERA just a little bit higher than where it's at right now, and I think uh, the, the Rays will... Uh, Give him a little bit of regression today. Okay. Right. <clears throat> now some games we can get properly stuck into. 6.40 Eastern, the Atlanta Braves at the Miami Marlins. Bryce Elder draws the start for Atlanta and Sandy Alcantara for Miami. Um, it's a match. The books can't be split. Minus 110 each of two with the total on seven and a half. Uh, Noah, good looking match up this one. Yeah, it is. Both teams have had success against these pitchers so far um, throughout their careers. Marlins hitters, they have a 286 batting average against Bryce Elder. And uh, Braves hitters, they have a 275 average against Sandy Alcantara. Both these pitchers faced each other on April 26th last week. Sandy gave up 2 through 5.2, and Elder gave up 4 over 5.1 innings. The Braves won that game 6-4. I'm looking at the Braves' money line here again. Also at the over, look deeper into Ronald Acuna or Ozzy Albies props as Acuna is hitting 296 with two tanks against Sandy and Ozzy is hitting 265. Also, Acuna could be a great look for a steal as runners are 40 for 49 stealing bases against Sandy Alcantara. It's a small sample size, but runners are also 8 for 9 stealing against Bryce Elber. Elder. Nice. Um Ronald Acuna is not only hitting 296, he's hitting the ball really, really hard. Um, Actually, I wrote this down. He just left the game like five minutes ago. Ah, okay. His game. Uh, I think he got hit in the shoulder. Something with his shoulder. So check to see if he's playing. That one kind of sucks because that just happened in real time. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, he's been absolutely smashing the snot out of the ball. Um, yeah, I like Atlanta here. We're kind of all in on Elder. He is in um, our TGFBI team, so we kind of have to back him. But Atlanta, the, the, just the, the better lineup, and Alcantara has been um, unduly wobbly so far this season. So I was quite happy to take that minus one tell on Atlanta. I think it's a fair price. Um, Serial and TV DBJ have landed in the chats. Good evening, gents. How are you doing? Um, second time. Serial uh, was live watching the. Um, this is going to cost me a dollar fine, but he was live watching the. Premier League game between Leicester and Everton and cashed a plus 8.30 in the first half in that match while we were, uh, while we were live recording our show earlier on. So, Serial's uh, swimming about in pots of money like Scrooge McDuck. Next up, 7.05 Eastern first pitch is the Chicago Cubs at the Washington Nationals where Hayden Wesneski goes for the Cubs and Trevor Williams takes the ball for Washington. Uh, minus 140 on the Cubs, plus 120 on the Nats. 
total is set at nine. Hayden Wisniewski, two and one on the year, 524 ERA. Um, those numbers are wildly inflated, though, by one absolutely shocker uh, of a start at Seattle. Apart from that, he's been absolutely fine. He's done okay. Um, he's had a nice soft um, schedule. He's had road starts at Cincinnati, at Oakland, and now he gets at Nationals. Um, so the couldn't have, Cincinnati um, one's not too soft because of the environment, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you wanted to choose three lineups, um, yeah. it is a, a like a... a quadruple A lineup, if you like. Um, <laughs> Williams has been going okay as well. Uh, the Mets got to him last time as two home starts have been fine. There's just a couple of the, the keys to this game, really. What um, The Cubs have got the third best WRC plus in MLB at the moment. Uh, Washington's home form is poor, 3-11 at home so far. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much enough for me to... Uh, to err towards the side of the Cubs. I'll take Chicago on the money line um, at minus 140. Now. Yeah, I'm going to isolate that to the first five, though, because this bullpen is a little bit okay. uh, nice. They're bottom 10 in the MLB, but the Cubs roster, they've raked whenever they've seen Trevor Williams throughout their careers on the mound. Cody Bellinger hitting 375 with two belly bombs. Tucker Barnhart, of all people, is hitting 6 for 16 with a blast. Ian Happ, 286. Lieutenant Dan's hitting 250 uh, against Williams. The Cubs, they're sixth with a 777 OPS against right-handed pitching. And the Nats, they're 28th against right-handed pitching with a 631 OPS. So, yeah, first five money line and run line here for me. 705 Eastern first pitch, the Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees. Tanner Beebe for Cleveland and Garrett Cole goes for the New York Yankees. Uh, this is an intriguing pitching matchup. Um BB and the Guardians are plus 165. Uh, Garrett Cole and the Yankees are minus 185. The total is set at seven and a half. Um, Noah, you waxed lyrical about BB last week. So what's going to go down tomorrow? Yeah, and I think it's Bybee. Um, okay. So just a little bit of a correction there, but uh, not like a BB, like a BB gun that the kids use growing up before they get the, the actual hunting rifles. But... Uh, yeah, I'll start with this. I'm all in on Tanner Bybee. Like you mentioned, his last start, he had eight strikeouts, zero walks, and he only gave up one run to the Rockies. People will say that was the Rockies, but uh, I say he's facing the Yankees now, and you probably only have this one more opportunity to buy low on this kid. He's a wrecked spec demon, and I'll I'll do so with the under 7.5. I'll buy low here mainly because both offenses have been struggling lately. And Garrett Cole is holding this Cleveland roster to only a 190 batting average. So I'll be looking into Bybee's K prop tomorrow. Uh, the Yankees do strike out quite a bit against right-handed pitching. So if that's within reason, I'll probably be on Bybee in that sort of way as well. Yeah, for all the reasons, I mean, you sold Bybee to me. Uh, last week, we, again, we picked him up for our fantasy team. Um, I haven't checked. Ivy and Logan Allen, by the I way. I haven't checked how much you spent because I was drunk. I gave you, before I went out, I had the common sense to, I left you in charge of the purse strings. So I haven't opened the purse and checked how much money's left in there yet, Noah. How you, much you of our money did you blow? You won't like it because we got both of the high end uh, pitchers that were available this weekend. We got Bybee and Logan Allen. 
so we've got about 380 left for the season. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we are worse than the IT department. Leave you in charge of the money for one day. It's hey, we fucking... needed wins. These guys <laughs> we are did on the Guardians wins. roster, and I think they'll stay because they're better than Plesak and Savali, in my opinion. So. Well, I'm going to take BB to get a win here, Bybee, to get a win tomorrow. <laughs> I like BB. That might stay. Yeah, BB. <laughs> Thanks. Um, we had Tyler Beedy uh, for San Francisco a couple of years ago, and he was a, he was a sure favourite. So this is going to be a close game. It's going to be low scoring, I believe. Obviously, Garrett Gold's going to help towards that. But I think Bybee's going to give us a chance to keep it low. Neither team scores a lot of runs. The Yankees are struggling. That The lower half of their order is a bit of a mess. Um, Stanton's still out. Judge will probably be back tomorrow, we believe. Um, so that should help a little bit. But in a, in a low-scoring game, um, I'm happy to take Cleveland. If they can manufacture uh, just one more run, which they're capable of, um, plus 165 is a live price. So let's, let's take a punt with the underdog and see if Cleveland can't get a win tomorrow. Ah, 7 10 Eastern first pitch. The Toronto Blue Jays at the Boston Red Sox. You say Kikuchi, left handed pitcher for Toronto, and Tanner Houck will go for Boston. Minus 120 on the Blue Jays, even money plus 100 on Boston with a total set at nine and a half. Noah. Yeah, I see it all over my timeline from our buddy Johnny Junta. You're either all in on Yusai Kikuchi or you're all out. Kikuchi. Uh, his limiting his walks, he's got a 5.7 walk rate, which is the lowest percentage in his career. Um, while still striking out 25% of the batters he's facing, Kikuchi has only had one bad start this year, and it came against the Angels, who had the league's best OPS against left-handed pitching at the time. Now Boston, they have a 103 WRC plus versus lefties. A league average offense will host Kikuchi who's only allowing a 150 batting average to those Red Sox active to that Red Sox active roster. Now I look at the total and I'm going to take the under nine and a half here. I think it's set a little bit too high, uh, too high uh, because Huck uh, has gone all right so far this year. I think this total uh, like I mentioned, it's just a bit too high. Boston's overs at Fenway have been cashing, and I think that's a reason for it. On a 50-degree night, I think we can sneak one across. Also, looking at stolen base props, um, it wouldn't be a bad idea here to uh, take a Blue Jay or two as runners are 12 for 14 stealing bases against Tanner Hook. Um, I actually went the other way here. I like runs, we've been taking Boston runs a lot um, Kikuchi has settled um, there's a Johnny Junter actually, he's, he's one of my prime go-to guys for just A, general silliness because he makes me laugh on Twitter most days, um, but also his, his knowledge of the Blue Jays is right up there and he talked about Kikuchi um, a lot pre-season, he's settled okay, still not 100% convinced, but we'll have to see Boston uh, are first in comeback wins, Noah. They have had 10 comeback wins, come from behind wins uh, so That's far. This season. Yeah, yeah, three of them have been walk-offs. So maybe a little live bet if they're, uh, if they're a couple of runs down through six or seven. Boston have got a previous for, for coming from behind. But I'm going to take the runs here. Um, I do like I like Hout as well, to be honest. But I just think both, both offenses are OK. Um, and... Kikuchi hasn't really sold me, so I'll take the over uh, nine and a half. But you did make a, a, a good case for the, for the other. Um, it's not a huge lean. 7-10 Eastern 
first Do you want to hit the minutes real quick? Well, what, what? Do you want to hit an ad before we miss that block real quick? Let's do that then, Noah, yeah? <laughs> before we get in trouble. <laughs> oh, bloody Noah uh, pulling the strings here in Moonaf's absence, honestly. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you about, shall I tell you about um, underdog fantasy? Um, best ball mania, 1v means four, Noah. We worked that out on the fly in the Premier League show an hour ago. Uh, so best ball mania, four. Yeah, and underdog Roman fantasy is yeah, yeah. It was four or six when we did the show earlier on. We we covered both bases, uh, but it's definitely four. We've established um, fifteen million dollars in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player parlays. Head to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a one hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. And this is exciting because I'm right at the heart of all of this shenanigans. It's Kentucky Derby Week. Uh, the Notorious OTB, which there is an go. excellent horse racing podcast on the uh, on the network, hosted by the Wolf of Oak Lawn, who is an incredibly funny man. Um, so we've got you covered this week with all of your triple crown bets. Uh, if you leave a review for the show, The Notorious OTB, wherever you get your podcasts between now and Belmont Saturday, which is June the 10th, you'll be entered into a draw to win a canvas print of the Wolves, one-of-a-kind fallen Bob painting. Um, so, yeah, I started my Kentucky Derby prep today. In fact, my entire Triple Crown prep. So there we go. A Triple Crown article out tomorrow. There'll be a Kentucky Derby article out on Thursday, and then I'm where we'll be on the mothership with Sean and Ryan and the Wolf of Oakland on Thursday evening um, to... I will officially put the smudge of doom next to one of the horses. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've got, I tell you what, we've got a really good record um, over he the last few years. Last year, right? He hit the Yeah, we, between us, we've, we've hit a lot of really fancy stuff over the, I think this will be my fourth year now covering the race into the network. Wasn't um, the winner like the longest shot? 80 to 1 last year, Rich Strike yeah. won, yeah. Um, and that's, just, that's one of the fun things about the race is, they're all unexposed three-year-olds. See, everyone can have an opinion, but like this consig says, nobody knows shit. Um, and this thing got into the race due to a late scratch and then came from the clouds to win it 80 to 1. So yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be crunching the numbers for the next 48 hours trying to find a fancy price winner. Um, if we can. Uh 710 Eastern first pitch, the Minnesota Twins at the Chicago White Sox. Joe Ryan for the Twins and Michael Kopeck for the White Sox. Uh, minus 150 Minnesota plus 130 for Chicago and the total is set at eight and a half um, Joe Ryan five and oh on the season five wins that's what we should have drafted no uh, 281 ERA and those numbers are a fair indication of how he's pitched um, he's given up one homer in four of the five games they've largely been responsible for the earned runs he's put up he has got a lot of run support um, again, the clues there in the 5-0 record that he has. The Minnesota Twins are actually first in war. Um, they're pitching, they're starting stuff. Um, 4.8 war, so the, the pitches have gone really well. Um, Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez, etc. Uh, Michael Kopech, oh man, he's frustrated. He's just really hittable. I know you you were quite tired him, and I've been for a couple of years. Um I'm now out of the official 14-day feed of the Chicago White Sox. However, 
Um, I think I'll unofficially be carrying it on for as long as possible. They're absolutely terrible, aren't they? Um, one and nine in the last 10. Um, they've given up 183 runs, which is the second worst only behind Oakland in the majors. There's just nothing to recommend Chicago at all in everything to recommend Joe Ryan and the Twins. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a fancy play, but minus 150 is a nice price. I'll take Minnesota anyway. Yeah, and this White Sox team has the worst bullpen to go along with it in the MLB with a 686. Did you see that play last right. week where they just, they, there was a pop up to shallow center? Yeah. And just this, yeah, this, yeah, but then everyone scored or everyone was safe. They sort of just held on to it in the middle and let the runner score from third. Um, yeah, there was, was just, there's been multiple just stupid, dumb plays by the defense of the White Sox, let alone just bad pitching performances so far from this team. Um, Lynn had, there was one game where Lance Lynn had a no-hitter through like six innings. The next inning he goes out and he gives up like four, I think it was in the seventh inning. Um, so, I mean, on Sunday they came back from like seven down in the ninth to win it, but it's just over the long run so far this year, it's not been a a team to make money on. Joe Ryan, he's been stellar, like you mentioned. Kopech has not. I did a little deep dive. Here's why. Because I'm about to name each team he's faced so far this year and then where they rank in OPS against right-handed pitching so far. The Giants, they're second. The Pirates, they're eighth. The Orioles, they're 13th. The Rays, they're first. And the Blue Jays, they're 14th. He's not been dealt any favors so far this year in this schedule. And there will be a time where we might be able to pounce on some prices with him, but this game is not it. Twins, they're 10th in OPS against right-handed pitching in the 748. And they have, I, I think it's a solid unit at half play on a minus 150 money line here. Yeah, I thought you'd uh, be on board with that one. 740 Eastern first pitch, the Baltimore Orioles at the Kansas City Royals. Tyler Wells draws the start for Baltimore. And Ryan Yarbrough, left-handed pitcher, Goes for Kansas City, minus 145 for Baltimore, plus 125 for Kansas City. Um, Tyler Wells, one and one with a 279 ERA. He's been great this year. Um, really good control. Uh, Baltimore won four of his five starts. Um, the what is that? I can't even read my own writing. They've got the third best something. Ah, I've, I've just worked it out. Uh, this is the third best start, is what it says. It's uh-huh. the third best start in Orioles history, uh, oddly enough. Um, 19 and 9, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they've, they've had, a, they've had yeah, one, uh, like 20 and 80s or whatever, and, and I think that's it. Maybe a 21 and 7, but yeah, it's the third best start in their history. Ryan Yarbrough. Um, is 0-3, has a 6.35 ERA. His last two starts, actually, his longest starts, he's been okay. He's struggling a bit out the pen. Um, he went four innings in both of those. And they've both been kind of serviceable. I don't mind Yarbrough. I've said this before on the show. I know he gets a lot of stick. But Kansas City are just in such a bad place. They're really struggling. They've got a 1-12 home record as well, Noah, uh, which is horrible. Nice. Baltimore flying. I initially had this written down as a Baltimore run line. Uh, but when I saw it, because I thought the price would be about minus 170. Seeing the price at uh, minus 145 yeah. makes me want to give it out as a money line. Um, but yeah, I'll stick to my, I'll give out, yeah, you can have both. Um, 
depends how exotic <laughs> you're feeling. So uh, Baltimore on the money line or Baltimore on the run line, but um, yeah, just that price means I think we can uh, we double it up with uh, Minnesota. We'll parlay those two. Uh, that'll be my pick. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you because I was looking at more of a run line for this matchup, and the price surprised me as well. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a money line here uh, for me personally, because um, Tyler Wells he's faced some pretty so talked about tough competition with Kopech. Tyler Wells has faced some favorable competition so far this year, uh, and he gets another great draw with Kansas City. It's a friendly ballpark. They're the worst team in offense against right-handed pitching so far this year. So, yeah, it's it's an Orioles money line, and the only reason why I'm not committing to the run line is, you know, I don't know. <laughs> the, the price is just nice at the money line. <laughs> Those two starts you ever had, Kansas City lost them both two to nothing. It's that kind of gives you an indication of where they are, even if the, the pitcher does okay, they don't get any help. Yeah, uh, real whatsoever. quick from TVBDJ in our YouTube chat he's like seems like it's skipping or stopping every 15 or 20 seconds both of our connections are terrible um and i'll speak for myself more than malcolm uh it was dog shit before we jumped on and that's why we were delayed to start today so yeah that's probably my fault but uh you know just gotta power through it because it everything's just not going right for me today whether it be health or wi-fi just dog shit uh, my stream's been absolutely fine. <laughs> Every time um, mine goes bad, uh, we, no one else notices it the other way around. But We recently got a five-star review. Now, God bless the guy for giving us five stars, but he said their connection is awful. Can somebody give them like new Wi-Fi or something? Because other than that, the show's great. So we highly appreciate that review. And if yeah, we absolutely. could change the connection issues, trust us, we would. But, yeah. uh, 7.45 Eastern first pitch between the LA Angels and the St. Louis Cardinals. Two lefties uh, going in this one. Patrick Sandoval for the Angels and Stephen Matz goes for the Cards. Uh, the Angels are plus 105 dogs. Uh, Stephen Matz and the Cards minus 125. Total is set at eight and a half. Noah, are you going to talk us into Stephen Matz here? Yeah, I mean, I... I... I said the word shit a couple of times just a minute ago. This line smells like it. Uh, it's another Stephen Matz, Courtney Love line. Um, Noah, that's go... what I've written down. I've, you've got me on board. My first okay. two words are this stinks. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way though. Um, the books could just be off on Stephen Matz and the Cardinals because this happened last week. Um, Matz and the Cardinals were favored over the Giants, and it was reasonable for me to believe that the St. Louis hitters could do well against Duskalfani because they had good numbers in the past against him. Um, they scored two runs in the first, but then they were quiet until like the ninth inning where they pushed one more across. It was like 5-3 final. Um, so I, I'm going to stay away from that angle just because it's some, you know, uh, the trends, it's the same pitcher and the same, like the same team, same offense. But I don't have anything that really encourages me to back them here. Um, the Cardinals, they have the fifth best OPS and WRC plus against right, left-handed pitching so far, but the Angels, they're just as good, ranking sixth, so I think that's a wash. Steven Matz, he's 0-3 on the year with a 623 ERA. Patrick Sandoval has had one of the best 
two-month stretches ever in his career, pitching great in the WBC and starting this season off with a 2-1 and record, 316 ERA. I'm staying away from this game, far away from this game. But I would mm-hmm. lean the Angels and, you know, uh, probably the over just because it smells so bad. It's only set at eight, and one book has it at uh, seven and a half with the wow. over at minus 125 the last I saw it. So, yeah. Um, Lane has joined us in the chat. Good evening, Lane. How are you doing? Yeah, I wrote the first thought. I looked at this. The, the Courtney Love analogy was there immediately. Um, yeah, you can't take Matt's at that price, you'd be nuts. I think you can take Sandoval. The Angels scare me. Um, this could be in Bath. This is be a great game for live betting, you know, because I think both teams <laughs> are capable of blowing this um, when they get into the pen. But I think this lineup against Stephen Matz's Angels lineup, you have to take. I'll regret it. Um, something terrible will happen. But give me the LA Angels on the money line at plus one hundred uh, five. 8.05 Eastern first pitch between the Arizona Diamondbacks. In the Texas Rangers, Zach Gallen for the Snakes. And for Texas, John Gray uh, will draw the start. Minus 130 on Arizona, plus 110 on Texas. Total set at seven and a half. Uh, Zach Gallen has thrown 27 scoreless innings consecutively. He's been absolutely outstanding. Um, I think you have to trust him. He's got a 4 and 0 record, excuse me, uh, 109 ERA. Um, the the main thing I took away from looking at John Gray's lines was just the inconsistency in inconsistency in everything. There's like no patterns. <laughs> he's got five walk games. He's got one walk game. So if I he was doesn't walk, to find be, some trends too. I completely agree yeah. You can't if he doesn't walk everyone. He lets them hit it. If they're not hitting it, he walk them. Um, it's just at the end. You like you can't say he's good at this. He's not so good at this. It's just it's wild. Like. Um, so, and that, yeah, that makes him vulnerable for me. Um, Texas have been good at home, uh, 11 and 5 record uh, at home, but you have to take Gallon. Um, it's a good price. I expected it to be nearer 145, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, minus 130. I think you, um, I'm happy with uh, Zach Gallon at that price, Noah. Yeah. And I'm going to add to that, the D-backs active roster is hitting 283 against John Gray in 126 at-bats, so a very good sample size here. Cattell Marte hitting 419, Christian Walker 348, Nick Ahmed 294. I lean D-backs here at this price with Zach Gallen on the mound. However, however, the Rangers' offense, they're legit, and they will be the best offense that Gallen has faced so far this year since opening day when he gave up five runs to the Dodgers. So I'm pumping the brakes a little bit, but I do like the D-backs in this game. 8-10 Eastern first pitch. The San Francisco Giants at the Houston Astros. Anthony Desclafani for the Giants and Hunter Brown uh, will go for the Houston Astros who are the minus 170 favourites. The Giants plus 150 on the road. Total is set at eight and a half and Noah Hunter Brown making an early push for AL Rookie of the Year. Um, will yeah. you pick up a win tomorrow? Yeah, you took that right off my page because those are the first five words that I wrote down. Sorry. Um, no, you're good because I I texted you guys when I first started handicapping this uh, slate and I was like, there are a lot of dogs on this slate that I like. Like, not dogs as in like underdogs, like dogs as in pitchers and like dudes on the mound and hunter green hunter brown sorry is one of them uh the future al rookie of the year comes into this game off a seven inning 
eight strikeout, two hit, zero run outing against the Tampa Bay Rays. We learned that Hunter Brown is no longer matchup dependent. I mean, the Rays are hands down the unanimous best offense in the league right now. Um, and, and his line right now includes starts against the Braves. So he, he started against the Rays last week. He started against the Rays, the Braves, the Twins, the Rangers. Those are five, four of the top ten offenses in the league. And then his hometown Tigers, which was his worst start. <laughs> Brown is 3-0 with a 237 ERA, 32 strikeouts, and 10 walks. Now, the Astros offense has a little bit uh, has been a little bit below average so far this year with only a 681 OPS against right-handed pitching. That's 23rd in the MLB. Anthony Disclafani has looked good this year with a 270 ERA. He should do all right. His stat cast numbers say he's due for some regression, but I think this under 8.5 is a good look. Okay. Um, yeah, um, Houston on the run line here for me. I do like Tony Disco, but I think this is a bad spot for him. Uh, Hunter Brown, this might just be a game to tune in and watch Hunter Brown. He'd be, he's been an absolute pleasure to watch so far, and I think they can get it done. Can uh, we make a so, T-shirt of Tony Disco? I like that. That's the first Tony time Dis- you said that with me on the pod, and I like that. Oh, really? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, Tony, that's a quality nickname, isn't it? It yeah. would make for uh, good merch as well. He should be... Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard that out in the wild before. Tony really? Disco. I've been peddling no, of course not. Nothing I can okay. original. I have heard there's not an original thought entered my head uh, no, I, since about 1991. I've what? heard people say disco, but I like Tony Disco because it's not his first name either. So you could make yeah. some money off of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, yeah, it is a good nickname. Um, where are we going? 840 Eastern first pitch, the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> We're going to the t-shirt shop now. <laughs> to the printers. To the printers. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, Colorado Rockies, Freddie Peralta for the Brewers. Ryan Feltner for the Rockies. Um, minus 160 on Milwaukee, plus 140 on Colorado. Total is set at 11. The Coors Field, 11. Uh, Noah, what have you got? Yeah, Freddie Peralta is having a big-time renaissance year as uh, he's well above average in many of StatCast's most important statistics. And being a fastball slider guy, he shouldn't be too affected by pitching in Coors Field. I favor him quite a bit over his counterpart, Ryan Feltner. And the Brewers' offense is 40 points better in OPS against right-handed pitching than the Rockies. The The Brew crew has a top-five bullpen. I think this is a fair money line price, and I wouldn't mind paying up for it at all. Runners are also 10 for 11, stealing bags off of Feltner. So uh, two good looks in this game, I think. Yeah, a um, little bit. Well, just 10 points. I'd love the minus 150 on the Brewers if you could find it. Um, it's a, a small sample, but Peralta in um, Kuez has been absolutely fine as well. Uh, Ryan Feltner, I don't mind. He's, uh, he's had a couple of half decent starts. The, the couple of concerning things here uh, for Colorado their home OPS is way behind uh, visiting teams. And that's a concern because normally this is where the Rockies make hay. Um, it, it, it's their strong suit as being able to, to have those numbers the other way around at home. Um, the I've got the under here. Um, a, a lot of the reasons you've just talked to Sue with Freddie Peralta. I don't mind Felton at all. And the uh, the Brewers have got the number one defence uh, in MLB at the moment as well. So they can limit these there runs. Um, 
so yeah, they can uh, they can make some plays. Uh, but um, Bryce Tarang's been doing good things in there. Uh, so yeah, we, we, that 11's too high for me. Um, I'll keep that under 11 behind. A couple of half-decent pitching starts and some stellar defense. Lane's no. asking if... What, what, what? <laughs> Did you check out the chat here? This is... I just Yeah, funny. I just noticed that Lane's asking if Moonaf's on his boat. Um, <laughs> he's certainly not on his bike. We know that because he can't ride a bike, can he? Yeah, he's going to be so surprised when he sees that this podcast has 45 minutes in and we have only two games remaining. Um, so... Unless the black dog takes eight minutes, we're going to kill this man. Yeah, we've got three games left, uh, and we haven't found our way. Uh, yeah, I've got three. Okay. If you not, if you, I might have skipped one. I mean, I was. You've definitely skipped one. There's yeah. definitely three games. It's all right. Hell before this, we let it tap it out, mate. No one will ever know. Um, Nine forty Eastern first pitch is the Cincinnati Reds at the San Diego Padres. Uh, Graham Ashcraft. Um, for Cincinnati, Michael Wacker for San Diego, plus 160 the one on the Reds. Have. This is the one you don't have it, mate. I've got this locked up, don't worry. Right. Um, Michael Wacker on the Padres is a minus 180, total is at eight and a half. Uh, Michael Ashcraft, Graham Ashcraft, who's Michael Ashcraft? Graham. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he's pulling it. Michael Wacker. We like this guy too. <laughs> yeah, we do. His brother, his brother, a great pitcher. Um, two and all. Uh, with a 240 ERA uh, for Ashcraft. He's pitching really well. In fact, I think he's probably deserved a little bit better. He, he the, the Reds gave away a potential win for him and for our fantasy team uh, on his <laughs> last start. We were a bit wounded by that. Um, he's given, uh, given up no more than two earned runs in his start, and there's absolutely no reason uh, to think he can't do that again tomorrow. Um, Wack has been bad. Um, particularly his two home starts as well. Uh, he's two and one with a six seventy five ERA. But his two home starts, he's pitched ten and a third, giving up seventeen hits and eleven earned runs. Um, I'm not getting my fingers burned by the Cincinnati pen again like last week. Uh, we'll take Cincinnati on the first five here. Ashcraft keep it tight. Redson get in front, and then probably blow it. But by then, uh, we'll be in the queue to pick our winners up nowhere. So Reds first five for me, please. I'll give you a solid retweet. I like Ashcraft and I don't like Waka, so let's go with the Reds. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, people might almost think you knew what you were talking about there, no, rather than <laughs> making it up on the fly. All oh, right, this next game, the penultimate game on the show. Oh, where's my pen? Um, he hasn't got a pen. What's that? Is that a pencil? I yeah, I got it. You I got, got it. one here, all right. Um, TVDBG needs a Tony Disco shirt. So we've got our first customer. No, we're in business. Hey, this I told the, you, uh, it had a good ring to it. This is the, <laughs> I've never the, heard it, like on all the other podcasts that I listen to. Nobody's called them Tony Disco. The birthplace of an empire right here. Um, well, like, um, what's his name? Elon Musk or someone like that. Um, so, yeah, the Seattle Mariners pitcher has been changed, but you've got a little bead on this, so I'm going to throw this across yeah. here. I had Logan Gilbert. I don't think it is Logan Gilbert. Uh, for Oakland, it's Mason Miller. Um but the odds are all over the place, so I'm going to give this to you because you think you know what's going on with the Seattle um, starting pitching. Yeah, I handicapped both guys, uh, Logan Gilbert and Bryce Miller, um, just because I heard some rumblings on Twitter, and it turns out that it might be true because Gilbert's been since taken off, um, and it's now a TBA. Um, so 
I'll start off with the Logan Gilbert handicap, and then I'll finish with the Bryce handicap because Bryce Miller is going against Mason Miller. So from here on out, I have to refer to them as Mason and Bryce. Um, Fading Logan Gilbert on a sophomore slump angle that I've had has made me good money so far this year, actually. Um, His opponents have won three games, lost two, and they've been a dog in every one of them. Gilbert hasn't looked bad, but he hasn't looked excellent either. Gilbert has given up four runs in his last two, uh, two straight starts, and I'm a fan of Mason Miller's strikeout potential, but he doesn't go very deep into the games. He get, he's gotten touched up in his first two starts. Um, and the bullpen doesn't do him any favors, neither does the offense. So I'll be backing Miller's K prop um, if it's reasonable against Seattle. The Mariners have the second highest K rate against right-handed pitching. But other than that, I'm looking at the over here. Um, We're also, like I mentioned, uh, hearing that Bryce Miller could come up and make a start here. Although it's the same last name, these two guys are not related, um, but they pitch very similarly to each other. Um, Bryce was drafted out of Texas A&M in 2021. He had a mid-4-0 rate during his senior year with the Aggies. He had 70 strikeouts, but he also had 37 walks through 56.2 innings pitched. His control has gotten better in the year and a half uh, through the minor leagues. He's only given up 51 free passes in 162.2 innings with 196 punches. If Bryce is pitching, I still favor the Mariners, and I love the over eight here even more because I think that's set for Logan Gilbert starting. If we get the Millers going up against each other, this thing's off because they're both probably going to give up three or four themselves. Um, yeah, meet the Millers. Um, over eight was my um, pick as well. Um, really on Gilbert, but there's nothing you've said that's that's changed my, my tune on that one. So I'm happy to take the over. I'll tell you what's... Um, I'm full of the good stats today, though. What's killed Seattle a little bit? They've got this their record of 12 and 16 so far this season. Um, for the last two seasons, they have led MLB in one run winning one run games. Uh, this season, they are three and nine in one run games. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's what's going to kill you. Um, yeah. And, in, um, and indeed, it has because I mean, I think it was Miami with, with a. They were overperforming last year because they they were good at the one run games, but um, it, yeah, they have been, been great Miami, at it. The, the one that I remember off the top of my head, and it's kind of flipped, and they're in the same division was the Rangers. They had lost about thirty. That is exactly who it was. Actually, they lost leading the dozens last right year, now, yeah. seventeen and eleven. So the Rangers and the Mariners have kind of flipped that trend up. Yeah, that's exactly really right. Interesting. Yeah, right. it's fine margins. Re- yeah, fine margins, mate. Um, 10 10 Eastern first pitch is the last game we've got to look at here. The Philadelphia Phillies at the LA Dodgers. Um, Matt Strong, lefty for the Phillies. Dodgers officially TBD, but I've got a probable pitcher and lines. So I think we can be confident in saying that Julio Arias will go for the Dodgers, who are minus 175 at home. Uh, Strong and the Phillies are plus 155, and the total. Is set at eight. Noah talked us through this last game. Yeah, I'm sending up warning flares because it's weird that your ace is on normal rest. This would be his typical day, but you haven't confirmed that he's starting. 
Um, but I do have Urias uh, pitching in this game. And if that's the case, give me the Phillies because Urias has been Jekyll and Hyde so far this year. Um, and I really like Matt Strom's performances so far. Urias in his first four starts, he was excellent. He had a 150 ERA during that stretch. But in his last three, he has an 863 ERA. He's given up two taters in each of the outings. And this year, the Dodgers offense is a 621 OPS against left-handed pitching. That's 29th in the MLB. The Phillies, they have a 758 against lefties, good for 11th. So, yeah, I love the Phillies. A plus 150 on the money line right now on Caesars Sportsbook with Julio Urias pitching. Love this play. Okay, I'm a little bit concerned here because I've got the Dodgers on the run line, so we I couldn't have gone further to the <laughs> other extreme. Yeah, I've, I've got the feeling, and it probably all it is at the minute because I did I like my storm. I've liked my storm for a little while, but I think there's an unraveling uh, due for Matt storm, and I did. It was probably just a little bit of name recognition uh, that I went with the Uri's here in this spot with it, with him not being um, a confirmed starter as well. But I just thought this was a a good old spot, but yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I've got Dodgers on the run line, but you've you've got me second guessing myself a little bit, so I might just uh, might go for the rare no bet on that uh, one and wait to see wait to see if he's confirmed tomorrow. I want to pull this up. Yes, so the Phillies since uh, April 16th. So I pulled up this stat last week when I found it on Twitter. Uh, there was a stretch where they were the best bullpen in the MLB, and if you uh, still narrow that from April 16th to now. The Phillies have an 0.83 ERA, and it's the number one bullpen in the major leagues. So ever since they've been using Jose Alvarado in key situations, yeah, uh, because Dominguez was struggling early on, Alvarado has been incredible, and this Phillies bullpen is a brand new pen. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Alvarado um, has revolutionized uh, what that Phillies pen's been able to do, being an absolute key. Um, to any success that they've had here. Yeah, that's um, a good a good spot, mate. A good point. Well made. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have handicapped 15 games. Uh, we are well under the hour. It might be a world record for me and Noah. We're normally on for about oh, yeah. seven hours. <laughs> it's probably the fact that you're legitimately poorly uh, and I'm still sweating cider from last night. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, that's curtailed our chat a little bit. Um, locks and dogs, Noah, hit me. Yeah, so I'm going to look and get updated prices because I don't want to. I love the over eight, and I jumped on it um, with Gilbert pitching. One, because I, I haven't been as high on Gilbert as everybody else. Um, and two, also in the back of my ha- uh, head, Bryce Miller was going to start. Yes, over eight plus 100 on drafting is, is still there. So that's going to be my lock. I love that play. And then. I also, it's the last two games that we talked about. I'm on the Phillies money line here against Julio Urias. They've done pretty well against left-handed pitching so far this year. Dodgers, they've been terrible. So if you want to narrow that to just strictly the Dodgers against the left-handed pitcher and Matt Strom, who we're both pretty high on, the first five money line um, as the dog. But um, we're seeing plus 150 on on, uh, Caesars right now. So I love that Phillies play. Okay. Um, I've just in the course of the show I've changed my lock and dog okay. uh, which is a recipe for disaster frankly um, so this is definitely going to go wrong 
there's, two, there's quite a lot of not short priced favourites that I like, but I could easily um, take the Diamondbacks with Gallen. That was the one I had written down that I've scribbled out. So that'll definitely win. Uh, now I've scribbled it out. I like Baltimore to turn over Kansas. They're a good price. Uh, the Brewers at Colorado, it's a little bit too short. I'm going to take Minnesota, though. Uh, minus 150. It's just all set up. Everything points in the direction of the Twins winning this. The Kopech struggling. The White Sox awful. Um, Minnesota and uh, Joe Ryan, the exact opposite of those two things. So Minnesota minus 150. And for my dog, it's like I never learn a lesson, Noah. Honestly, I don't know what's wrong with me. Give me the LA Angels on the money line at plus 105. Um, I can't be having Stephen Matz. I've gone from being quite in on him. Uh, Noah then... Uh, sorry, Dylan kind of turned me off him. And then Stephen Matz has done an excellent job himself of turning me off him. Um, I think the Angels can get to him. They might blow it up and lose late on, and I'll probably regret this, but I'll take the Angels at plus 105. Noah? Yeah, so we have 57 minutes left. And I'm, I'm with you. I like that Angels play. Um, so we have two minutes to BS. And the first thing that I wanted to mention, if I can't find an angle to back Michael Kopech, I'm not sure anybody can. Yes, and correct. The, the second thing is TVBDJ in the YouTube chat. He goes, the Courtney Love game is Zach Gallon minus 130 against the Texas Rangers. I was looking at this game, and I thought that was mispriced as well. Um, and that's why I, I said I'm pumping the brakes because the Rangers are the best offense he's faced since opening day of the Dodgers, where he gave up five. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I initially made it my luck because, like I say, oh. I would have had it at roundabout minus 150, and then it was yeah. minus 130. Uh, I mean, it's just that I suppose it's uh, Texas are going well. Texas have been going well at home. Um, and John Gray, we said, it's the inconsistency with John Gray that made it really, really hard to handicap because there was just not a pattern there. Whatever he yeah. does one start, it'll just flip-flop um, from one start to the next. So, yeah, it does. Um, that was fishy. The the really fishy one for me is the one I've taken, the Angels line. Um, there's just something. <laughs> Something's going to go horribly wrong there. Um because, uh, yeah, that could be absolutely anything. I was struggling a bit for, for dogs. Um, Bivey was the other one. Um, I think that game's close. We've seen yeah. the Yankees struggling, especially in the bottom half of that lineup, five through nine. Um, so if that is a, a low-scoring game, then Bivey and the Guardians are going to be live. Plus 165 is a big price there. So I looked it up, and the, the percentages on this game, 59% of the public is on the D-backs so far. And I'm not sure if you're calling betters that are betting this a day before public. Um, that's not public in my def definition. Just the amount of bets are on D-backs right now. Six, to, uh, six out of ten. And the money is on the Rangers. Uh, 70%. So 60% of the bets, but 70% of the money is on the Rangers. Yeah, interesting stuff. Um, Smells a little bit. It absolutely does. Uh, well, well done, Noah. We got there. Um, we have um, battled through. They'll build us a statue, no doubt, one day. Thanks, everyone, who joined us in the chat. We very much appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening as well. Go and rate and review and stick a thumbs up or give five stars or whatever you have to do uh, on your platform of choice. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, uh, some variation of the team. Um, I assume 10 p.m. my time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. 
Uh, yeah, good luck with all your bets tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back. Until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.